Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, good morning and welcome. How are we this fine morning on July 1st, the first of the start of a new month, uh, the beginning of a holiday weekend. This is Independence Day coming upon us here in a few more days. Fireworks abound. Pets are just uh, worried. They know it's coming every year. And we have 10 phone lines for you on the Helitech Home Improvement Show. This is Scott Mosby. I have two full hours today. We're going to get on with it. 314-436-7900. Toll-free 800-925-1120. If you'd like to be part of today's show, I know you're sitting in the back seats of the classroom. This is University of Camwex every Saturday morning, 11 a.m. to usually 1 p.m. Depending upon the Cardinals, the Blues, the sports, and the various fun things we have living in this part of the country, it's a great place to live. You know it. You're part of the Camwex family. Thank you for joining me. If you've had that question in your pocket, you know that one that you or your son or daughter, grandchild, uh, we should ask that guy on CamoX. Here it is. This is your chance. 314-436-7900. Toll-free 800-925-1120. And if you are inviting the entire tribe over today or this coming Tuesday, whatever the celebration may bring for you, maybe you're cleaning up the deck. How best to clean the deck, the patio, the driveway, all that dust. When you have all those feet, inside, outside, outside, inside, bringing in from the outside into your home. Maybe it's time to wash the, the driveway, wash the patio, wash the deck, clean out the garage, all that. I, I trust, trust me, whatever's outside, when you have guests, winds up inside. The best you can prepare the exterior, the better it is for you. 314-436-7900 and 800-925-1120. This week's blog is uh, five trends that should never, ever be part of going forward. So it's kind of funny. Five trends that should never return. Uh, Jake Spurgeon uh, has written this blog, and that is available on scottmosby.com or callmosby.com. C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y. My day job, Monday through Friday, is uh, owning and operating Mosby Building Arts. Uh, I have created the best company that I could in my entire life and career, as did my father before me. We're a second-generation home remodeler. We are licensed architects. We have about an 8- to 10-person architecture firm. So everything starts with a good design. And then the entire teamwork, we have our own crews. We have carpenters, painters. Uh, We are vertically integrated, which means we try to have all of the resources necessary to get a residential remodeling project done. And with that, I have quite the team of experienced people behind me that I can ask these questions of, that we share and debate what is the best way to go about doing this. And, uh, you know, a good bit of coffee gets consumed in the office and we debate many things uh, sometimes heatedly because most of us love this stuff uh, we are a family business that is not defined by bloodlines I mean we actually go at it because 
doggone it, that, that gasket, that expansion joint has to be there. Well, what happens if it isn't? Well, here's what happened down in Florida where the extremes are even hotter and the concrete and the pavement gets even bigger than here in St. Louis, on and on and on. We debate back and forth. So anyway, you're welcome to call and ask me. I love this stuff. Um, uh, if you're tuned in, you pretty much love it too. 314-436-7900. Toll free 800-925-1120. Uh, the types of projects that we do in my day job is pretty much anything residential based. Uh, we do a lot of individual kitchens and bathrooms. Most of our projects have a kitchen or a bath in it. We do a lot of repair because of the forensic nature of what we do. You see a good bit of it right here on KMOX or you hear this. Uh, we get invited into problems. Um, we're students of building science. Uh, all this green and all of the energy, the big evolutions and technological advancements that have happened over the 40 years have brought some uh, unintended consequences, uh, rotting structure, indoor air quality issues, uh, literally toxins being off gas from some of the new and improved building uh, materials that were brought inside the house. We have uh, tried to um, get our walls now to breathe or uh, really uh, be able to dry themselves because here in St. Louis, today is a great example we call it close. That means that the air is loaded with humidity or water. So just the wall cavities, your home, my home, the ambient air, the stuff around it has permeated or infiltrated. It's inside your wall cavity. So if you build a wall too tightly, which means, you know, really high quality lead paste paint on the inside of your house, which is pretty much a waterproof barrier, and then you put some sort of a waterproof barrier on the outside without letting that wall breathe, I promise you in this part of the country, we will have wall problems or you will have wall problems. So that's how all of this plays out. And, and man, I'll tell you what, uh, I, I love my career. I get to talk to creatives. I love to, crea to uh, discuss with uh, PhDs and building scientists all over the country, as well as manufacturers, tradespeople, um, painters who are really chemists. These guys have to figure out what goes with what on a sub base, then the primer, then the proper top coat. Oh, by the way, now we have solar gathering paint, solar reflecting paint, Dirt shedding paint. Uh, need I go on? So this is not just slap some stuff on the wall. You're good. It's pretty for a year. Next year I'll be gone. You won't know what I did. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I want to wish you all a happy birthday. We are heading into our country's birthday on July 4th. I think that's pretty cool. Thank you for joining KMOX. I will be back. We've got some really smart questions here. You are the smartest listeners in the country right here in in St. Louis on KMOX. Thanks for joining me. We've got some stuff coming up for you. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, folks, I'm wound up today. I love the four-day weekends, three-day weekends, holidays off. I, I love St. Louis. The parade is going on downtown here, 4th of July parade. We hold it on the 1st. Uh, we're numbers challenged sometimes. 
But actually, it's just convenient because we can have that and then we can have the VP Fair over in Forest Park, all, things all around. Let's get fired up, see what's cooking here with our phones and start here with Ronald. Ronald, good morning. Welcome to Camwex, my friend. How may I help? Yes, Scott. Uh, have you heard of a product uh, or a couple products here called uh, Slab Gasket and Trema Slab? It's an expansion joint uh, replacement for, for concrete driveways. Uh, no, I don't know that particular product. Um, can you describe it to me? Oh, it's a, it's a rubberized material, mm-hmm. and it, uh, uh, you, you take out the rotten uh, stuff, you know, expansion sure. joint stuff, and, uh, and you use a mallet or whatever and, mm. and hit it in between the uh, slabs of concrete, you know, word expansion joints. Sure, sure. I, I get the concept now. Yeah, it's. Uh, I seen it on the internet. I was, I was going to use this uh, a couple weeks ago. You had a caller in that used, uh, you know, that backer rod and the mm. self leveling caulk. Yeah. And and I was researching that, and I seen these two products on the internet, and it's a rubberized material. It's supposed to be made out of the same stuff that shutters and are made out of it. Sure, it's sure. Fl- it's a flexible material, and it's kind of uh, narrow at the bottom, and then it gets bigger at the top, and it's got ridges and stuff on it, and then you, right, you right. hammer it in with a rubber mallet. Well, my concern with that, Ronald, and, you know, doing things like that professionally over a lot of years, uh, what happens when you get it in too far? You can't really pull it back up without, you know, running some threaded something into it. So I, I personally don't see the advantage of that over a semi-self-leveling or self-leveling caulk and backer rod. Um, uh, this, uh, it, I mean, it, frankly, you don't really have to have much caulking uh, ability to mess with that stuff. It's like pouring water into a groove. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 and I like that it would bond better, but the, uh, jammed up part here, for example, any friction fit is subject to compression during a day like today when we're going to have very hot sun, those concrete slabs will get bigger. But in the winter, when we have a 110 degree thermal swing and it's six degrees below zero Fahrenheit, wow. Uh, you, you know, we're talking uh, now those slabs shrink and move apart and that jam in expansion joint could literally fall, you know, three inches down. So I, I, it wouldn't be my choice, but uh, I have access to the professional materials. But frankly, so do the listeners here. I, I appreciate that call in. That's a product I wasn't aware of. Yeah. Yeah. How, how long does that if installed right? How long does that material last with the backer rod and the self-leveling caulk. How uh, it, long will that hold up? Uh, anywhere from three to six years because it does depend on the adhesion to the concrete on the side because that stuff pulls apart, jams together. Pull, so it's in constant pulverization mold. And it the, the caulk doesn't deteriorate, but the bond to the concrete on the side, which is just like every other coating or painting job, it's all right. about surface prep and priming. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, and that's why do-it-yourselfers don't do well because they get out there, they blow this stuff off, they put a backer rod in and get it. They don't really wire brush it. They don't really clean the surface, uh, you know, so there, it, there's no uh, homework. Uh, and right. it's it's kind of like the difference between, you know, applied paint and a real painter, you know, putting on a 10-year coating. Okay. It's all surface prep. Okay.
Okay. Well, I, I appreciate uh, all the help. and uh... Likewise, Ronald. It, that's a product I wasn't aware of. Thank you for sharing that with me and the listeners. Trim a slab. Cool. Yeah, and slab gasket. That's two different slab ones. Gasket. Yeah. Okay. It's an interesting concept. It sounds yeah. like a product that's uh, relatively easy to sell and install and kind of hard to keep performing, but yeah. Yeah, that yeah. describes a lot. Yeah, maybe maybe some of your listeners might have used it or heard about it and know something. I'll be listening to the radio in case somebody does call in. Okay, Ronald, thanks for the help. Appreciate okay. being your part, part of the Camwex family. Thank you, Scott. Hi. Bye. Bye now. And next up, let's see what's cooking here with John. We are rolling here on Camwex. John, good morning. Camwex, my friend, how can I help you? Yeah, good morning. Um, I'm in the process of putting in a composite deck, and we also have a screened-in porch. Mm-hmm. And we were thinking about possibly doing the floor on the screened-in porch in the composite also. Or another option would be a uh, surface of not tile, but some of the stuff that looks like tile. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, number one, uh, how big is the screen porch and how big is the deck, John? Just in size. The deck's probably 800 square feet, and the screened-in porch is like 16 by 16 or something like that. It's pretty good size, too. Okay, I'm going to give you, you know, from the architect side of our company that answer. Um, Two different flooring materials will um, make each space feel smaller. Uh, So from a design sense, and once you go outside the house whether you're in a screen porch or a deck with the barbecue grill, you, you leave the home and you're in the outdoor room. Uh, so I would strongly, from a design sense, advocate for the same material uh, and using a composite deck inside the screen porch would not be a problem at all. Sometimes it comes with a little bit more maintenance because you may need to put screening material down on the floor joist before you put the composite deck down so the bugs don't come up from the bottom. Uh, you know, And then you have to vacuum that stuff from the top. So it takes a little bit more maintenance to do it that way. But I would strongly advocate for the same flooring material um, uh, because, frankly, even if you put a tile down, what happens in the blowing wind sometimes is the outside two feet of the screen porch that get uh, wet routinely, uh, they're going to bond break sooner. Uh, especially if if freeze is involved. So you wind up with a 20-year floor on the inside of the screen porch and an 8, 10-year floor on the outside two feet of the screen porch. So now you're back changing flooring materials because you tried to be pretty spiffy inside that screen porch. I would would pick a material suitable indoors and outdoors uh, because, number one, on screen porches uh, with the pollen in St. Louis, I love to give them a bath. I'll just go out there, you know, in my swimsuit and, uh, you know, with a spray hose and literally wash the inside of the room and and rinse it out. And sometimes, you know, that really, that's the easiest way to clean those screen porches. Right. One of the concerns I had about that was just what you said with the pollen, because we've had it a while, and the pollen's terrible. And uh, with that screen material underneath, I I just assumed that uh, that screening material would get nasty-looking underneath and uh, be full of bugs. 
food, island, whatever. Oh, you've got to vacuum it. It's uh, it, frankly a screen porch is truly a room addition without um, the wind load on the side, and even the building code sees it that way. They see a screen porch as a big sailboat, and the code requirements of holding that building and that room down on its foundation or piers becomes big because if you leave it open, the wind blows through. Uh, but f- truly, uh, a properly done screen porch is a room addition. Feels like it electrifies like it lights correctly you know it gets used in the evenings a lot um you know a properly done screen porch you'll live out there certainly in the evenings okay thank you for the info okay john good luck i i strongly advocate the same floor in and out uh and make it as maintenance simple as you can which you know an indoor outdoor vacuum or even a house vacuum inside a screen porch is just not a problem okay all right sir bye now Next up, let's see what's cooking with Kathy. Hello, Kathy Scott Mosby on CamoX. How Hi. may I help you? Hi, Scott. Love your thorough answers. Um, you. We have a 1,900-square-foot house, brick, with only two bedrooms, and I'm considering enlarging a basement window to create an egress window mm-hmm, and sure. making a bedroom downstairs. Yeah. Do you think that would be worthwhile? Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, first off, you know, just from the whole, you know, and you're going to go through a whole consultant assessment of, um, you know, from an architecture budget, yeah. constru- that whole thing. For, number one, the space is already there. Uh, number two, is it wet? Is it damp? Is it musty? So right. you will have heating and cooling. You'll have ventilation issues. You'll have air drying, which means air conditioning. So you may wind up with a separate heating and cooling system down there, a small, like, a Mitsubishi split, split system or Sanyo, something like that. Uh, not because you need the BTUs, but because you need to move, condition, and refresh, circulate the air. Um, well, you know, we already have a vent and a pre-existing... Um, uh, register? Yes. Yeah, okay. As long as the air is... Um, uh, it doesn't get musty down there like a basement. That's the biggest issue with, um, especially brick homes. They don't ventilate so well. They, yeah. you know, they vent- They're built correctly, but uh, they are pretty tight all in all. Um, but the uh, egress window, E G R E S S, is a big mm-hmm. deal. Uh, the egress window is critically important because uh, if there's a fire, they need to be able to get out yes. directly. So that's either a door a, a right to the exterior in that room or a yeah. window of a certain size. I, I love egress yeah. windows, they're a cheap date, they get you what you need to make a, an <laughs> occupied uh, bedroom. Um, and you go from two bedrooms to three bedrooms. So the ROI on a basement level legal bedroom is very, very high. Okay. Thank you so much then. Okay. Uh, Kathy, I'll warn you that on resale, the house doesn't really qualify. Uh, the real estate industry and appraisers consider everything above grade to be occupied uh-huh. space. No matter how spiffy it is downstairs, they they uh-huh. discount that. Now, but from a homeowner standpoint, I love walkout basements and I love extra basements, bedrooms, because yeah, if that flex space is just magical in a lifestyle. Okay, great. Thank you. All right, Kathy. Good luck. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, off and running. And, uh, you know, Kathy describes my thorough answers. Uh, sometimes I'll go through an hour uh, with a very full palette of uh, questions, and I'll only answer five or six questions. 
But giving you half a deck of cards to play a, a card game with or part of the information or something that makes me sound good but sets you, you know, I'll give you all that I have. Um, this is some hard-won experience, and it's stuff that I love, and I love that you're part of the CamoX family. So if you're asking me, I'll give you all that I can right here on CamoX. 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. Oh, by the way, did you know when our country was founded? Think about this. You look around, you see all the issues we have politically. Oh, we've got this, and we don't have that, and this guy's after this, and we can't get a butt. We used to have no currency, no defense, no army, no navy. We had no real government. They were making this stuff up as they went along. And people that didn't really agree on states' rights versus federal rights. So if you think all this stuff is new, welcome to America. This is the way it is, and this is what it looks like when it's working. So, you know, I mean, everybody's got their views, but man, I'll tell you what, we have come a long way, baby, in 200 and something years at the United States of America. Today, our biggest issue is where do the parades go and who's got the coolest fireworks? And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, indeed, we've got Bosco the gerbil turning out 50,000 watts. The KMOX signal has never been stronger. Bosco is refreshed. He's had a good break, uh, well-fed. Our uh, producer, Matt, has been feeding Bosco spoiling him really you know but you know he's the man he's the gerbil anyway and you know without him i just can't well a little bit of help from amarin you might say but uh we get out there with it you know i'm feeling a little scrubby dutch uh surely no german and me living in st louis here let's see what's cooking with uh, pat hey pat good morning welcome to cam wex how may i help you on this july 1st day uh good morning um we power washed our wooden deck and in between the slats on the wooden deck, there's mold that we couldn't get to with the power washing. How could we remove the mold? All right, here comes my scrubby Dutch. Uh, Pat, really, it's really a, an emulsifier, which is some sort of a detergent. Uh, I use a simple green, and it's going to take some bristles and brushes. So a power wash will uh, abrade or blow away the top dirt on the top surface of the decking. But in between, you're going to need to scrub the dirt off, number one. And number two, it's good old-fashioned bleach. Bleach, you know, just like uh, any other mold or mildew in the shower. Generally, it's that type of an oxidizer, sometimes a liquid oxygen. The problem is bleach and oxidizers um, also attack the sur or the uh, finish, so you have to be a little careful. Uh, with it that. was sealed from the inside, so it's the natural look. Okay, well, good. Uh, uh, then simple green, does it have bleach in it? Nope, nope, that's just an emulsifier. That's a detergent. And when I say emulsifier, all that means is all the little bubbles get around all the little dirt. So when you rinse it away, the dirt goes flying away instead of sticking to something else six inches away. So simple green would work? Simple, simple green and then bleach. 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 Okay. Uh, and the bleach would be uh, one to three solutions. So generally uh, three cups of water and one cup of just chlorine bleach, you know, just nothing magical. And you do have to rinse it. Watch out for your plants because the plants do not like bleach just any more than mildew or you or me. Living creatures don't like bleach. 
Okay, and then it's safe when it dries for people and pets? Yep. Yeah, you need to, you know, and that's why rinsing is important, because if you do not rinse it, then the chlorine will become powder form, pick up on the feet, irritate the pads of the dog's feet and the cat's. So you do have to rinse it um, and let it dry for eh, two, three hours. Okay, thank you. And now another question. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the bathroom, there's a vinyl floor and there's a purplish stain near the toilet. What could be used to remove that? Uh, Nothing. Uh, and I, I don't mean that in a flip answer. Generally, when you have a stain close to the toilet, it is from water coming up from the bottom from either a now-failed wax ring on the toilet, which is allowing water out horizontally between the underlayment and the vinyl floor. It then tries to dry itself by coming into the dryer room up, and it just can't get through the vinyl surface. So generally, when you have a stain on a floor and it's close to a toilet, it is a water stain, and it's the, the floor now is stained with that mildew, the color. It rea- you know, the water reacts with all of the colorants and the chemicals in the vinyl floor. And okay, you, and what did you call the part that failed on the toilet? Uh, the wax ring, W-A-X. R-I-N-G, wax ring. And it's the, it's the donut gasket that goes on uh, that keeps the water coming through the toilet that makes it go into the sealed waste pipe. So it's a donut or wax ring, and plumbers know about it as well. But it, Can it, a regular it, person do that if he's handy? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and if they know what it is, you bet. Um, but it's uh, it's so if you have never done it before, uh, plan on making a real mess. That means you know papers on the floor, down down drop cloth, um, because that wax ring beeswax is what it is. Once you get it on something, it's really hard to get it off. So the whole goal is how to be spiffy and clean, uh, changing that wax ring on a toilet. Okay, so if it's the wax ring, it's going to continue to stain more? Yes. Okay, thank you very much. Yes, ma'am, you're welcome. Bye. Bye. Uh, the one exception to that on that question, Pat, is if the wax ring has recently been replaced, uh, then uh, it's a stain that's just in the floor and it's staying there. But if it's recently um it happened where the stain is new, that is an indication that you you need a plumber or a really handy person for that wax ring. And, and if you think, you know, you wonder, it's like, well, do I really need a plumber? Well, how much is your vinyl floor worth? You know, if, if you do the wax ring and you know what you're doing, um, then you're fine. But if you put the wax ring on uh, incorrectly or that it leaks and it continues to leak, you know, now you toasted or damaged a, another floor, whether ceramic tile, vinyl tile, or uh, uh, vinyl flooring material. Uh, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. And the blog for this week on callmosby.com, Designer Talk, five trends that should never return. Remember Popcorn. Yeah, I mean that stuff on the ceiling. That might be one of those, you know, or uh, excessive chrome. Remember chrome? Do you ever go into a bedroom or a bathroom and there are mirrors everywhere? A little disconcerting, isn't it? It was great when John Travolta, John Travolta and the disco scene was cool. But, you know, I, I got rid of my 
white cream suit years ago. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, stay tuned. An afternoon of fun on KMOX. Every day is a holiday on KMOX. Yep, at 1 o'clock, Rick Edelman's show comes up right after me. Then the KMOX Auto Show brings in an old voice, Mark Salem. You remember that? Mark Salem from way back. Also, the Cardinals are pregame show. Alex Ferrario at 520, and then the Cards and the Washington Nationals. Tonight, home game, Bush Stadium, Mike Shannon, and Mike Claiborne with the call tonight. So lots of things happening. Folks, I went to that game last night. It was was a rout. Whoa. And Mr. Leak, our pitcher, looked excellent. So the Cardinals were in high form, and I think it may happen again tonight. Let's go to the phone, see what's cooking here, and talk with Linda. Linda, my friend, how may I help you? Hi. Thank you for taking my call, Scott. Yes, ma'am. We're having some problems with a wall in our basement. It is the wall against uh, where the garage was poured in the family room that has no basement under it. Okay. We um, put a waterproof paint on it, oh, probably 35 years ago, mm-hmm. and the rest of the basement's fine, but this wall is powdering. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Are you getting any uh, efflorescence or any kind of water stains or anything like that? Um, there is a little bit from, now the stairwell comes down there too, and, and it yeah. was painted under the stairwell. A little bit at the top of the stairwell. Okay. Well, think about this. Um, that powdering on the paint, uh, is it, it's just not a high-quality surface-wearing paint. It is made to uh, react with moisture and crystallize uh, with the alkalis in the concrete. So, frankly, it's all working fine. And you can go ahead and put another coat of uh, any kind of paint over the top. I would advise probably a latex uh-huh. Um, so that uh, you seal it up or, or whatever. If you're having water problems down there, because, you know, eight inches away, is this a concrete floor then, Linda, or concrete wall? Um, yeah, it's a concrete wall, and um, let's see. Well, that's, like I said, the basement stairs are there against the sure. back wall, Um yeah, there's dirt on the other side of that wall, eight inches yeah. away, and then there's yeah. water inside there. So the next thing I would coach is look at your downspouts on that end where the garage is. Look look at your uh, pavement, the driveway, where it meets the garage. Try and get the water away from your garage. It seems, you know, like it's not important, but mm-hmm. what's happening is there's a big tank underneath your concrete floor in the garage and it's going to hold moisture or not so if you let the water come in it's going to try and dry out and drying out means you know four feet deep the easiest way is to try and come right through that concrete sidewall not by your steps you see okay uh uh-huh okay um so but do we need to like depowder it before we paint again because i don't i can't see paint sticking to it's just you can take a scraper and just oh so the the paint itself is coming off yes oh that's different powdering and and flaking you're you're it yeah that needs to be scraped wire brushed to raw concrete reapply if you can the same kind of paint you remember the brand of that um water no (laughs) no i don't uh dry lock you you, a dry lock is one 
It might be Dry Lock. Probably was. It's uh, Dry Lock is uh, distributed real close to St. Louis here. It's kind of the home team for us. So I would bet on that one. The only issue with Dry Lock or any of these is they need raw concrete to stick to. Okay. So uh, surface prep, as in any coating, is uh, very important. So I'd give it another coat of that. You can put the dry lock over the dry lock as well, uh, mm-hmm. wipe it down, give it a bath. But anything that's loose, just like rust on a car yeah. or you know rotted fabric on clothing, whatever, has to be removed. Otherwise, the stitches won't hold, or the paint, or you know. It, it, so you need a good solid subgrade or base. Okay. To, to okay. coat. And there's no danger in um, that powder, you know, getting in our lungs or... No, that stuff's pretty low-tech. It's, okay. uh, you know, I mean, it, now there's so there's a silica in it, so I, I wouldn't necessarily go in there. You know, if you're going to make dust, uh, uh-huh. I would certainly wear uh, filter okay. masks. Uh, okay. You know, I mean, that's just common prudence. Uh, but as far as getting it on your skin, you know, don't worry too much about it. Rinse off all, all your typical stuff. It's no different than scrubbing a shower with those uh, cleaning elements are generally as caustic as anything you're going to mess with on paint. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Okay, Linda, good all luck. Right. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye now. Next up, let's see what's cooking here with Bob or Rob. Hey, Rob. Sorry. Uh, Rob, Scott here. How can I help? Yeah, thanks, Scott, for taking my call. Um, I have a uh, two-car garage, and I'm trying to remove a couple coats of paint on, a, on from the floor. I wonder what the best way to do that. Um, pellet blasting. There, uh, You can acid wash it. You can... Uh, scrape it. You can whatever on a two-car garage, Rob. For example, in industrial setting in a warehouse, or for example, out in the nuclear reactor in Ameren, they're going to go all the way down to raw concrete on recoating. So there's a service called pellet blasting, and it's basically like shotgun pellets in a shotgun shell, little bitty steel pellets that get thrown like. Um, um, uh, Anyway, uh, blasting, like sandblasting, and then they just vacuum that stuff up. But that's about the only way, and it will take off the top 16th of inch of your concrete. So you will have an irregular rough surface when you're done, but that's the only way you can get a concrete surface really prepared for proper coating, and then you go back in with a good... Uh, and I'm not a big fan of water-based um, epoxies, at least not for primers, uh, but you're in the big leagues. A, a, a lot of the products that are sold retail, I just don't like them. They're easy to sell. They're easy to apply, but they're that's their goal. Their goal isn't long-lasting. So, uh, frankly, I don't think homeowners have any business playing with uh, epoxy on concrete coating. It is high chemical phd level stuff so okay so so in other words there's really nothing i can do myself to get it off then right no there's a company in st louis i think called blast technology b-l-a-s-t technology and they're used to doing thirty thousand square foot um uh buildings you know big warehouse stuff uh but they will do it the problem is is the equipment's very heavy so there's a lot of setup and tear down and clean up for a relatively small thing. But on a garage, they can roll right in, do your work, and come right out. So, uh, But if you're not willing to do it right, just don't do it because you'll just wind up with a whole lot of effort, a whole lot of money, a whole lot of hope, and broken hearts. It, you, you do it right or don't do it. Okay. That's great. All right. Thanks, now, Scott. Appreciate now, it. Now, Rob, on another page, there are 
you know the the tiles on tennis courts uh, that are plastic and about a half inch thick, kind of a mesh. Right. Uh, we have put those down in garages for some of our more discriminating clients, and those go over existing surfaces. There are mats that you can roll out that kind of like conveyor belt consistency. So there are other ways to upclass and upgrade your concrete floor in a garage without, you know, refinishing or new tile or sticking anything down. They require maintenance every now and again. You have to pull them apart, drag them out, and still wash the floor because, you know, whatever comes off the car, i.e. salt and corrosives from the winter around here, you know, that concrete needs a bath every now and again. Right. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. Okay. You have other other options. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, Rob. Bye now. All right. Bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, CAMOX. We've got some good calls here. Uh, let's get a quick one in here. John with a comment. John, good afternoon. Uh, something about a wax ring. Can you help us, my friend? Yes, sir. And a, and a quick comment uh, with the with that lady's cement wall. I happen to like that stuff called Ugly. Ugly, yeah. UGL. Yeah, well, UGL, that is dry lock, ugly. UGL dry lock is the product, so there's a difference. It's the same manufacturer, different, similar product, kind of. Okay, good deal. And and as far as the garage floor, I like that new stuff that Russ Golding has got. You just roll it out there, and you can have any color floor you want. Well, wait about four years and see if you still have it. That's the issue. Understand, that- understand. Well, my wax ring thing is, I live and die with the Scott Mosby show. Hey, John, I've got about five seconds, so live and die quick. Uh, I like the wax ring with that, with that rubber funnel on the end of it. Okay, got to go. Talk to you later.